You're listening to The Collective Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website, thecollectivechurch.ca.za. Yo, when the Lord shows up, there's nothing like that. I'm glad you're not the Collective Country Club. <laughs> so good. I wanted to start by saying, yo, Mariela is moi. Thank you. Um, yeah, I just... What do you think, man? Yeah, really, guys, it is such a wonderful thing to see your faces. I think when, I, when we come back and we haven't seen people for a long time, and we're just so blessed to see such amazing faces. You really are an incredible family, and we are so, so excited for this year. Um, yeah, just to, it's a real privilege to be able to be with such beautiful people. So, it's going to be a big one together. I, I'm quite amazed, like 2020, it sounds like something quite futuristic, doesn't it? <laughs> like from Back to the Future or something. I mean, there were movies we watched as kids that were like set in like, you know, years before 2020 and that was sounded like the future, you know, but um, it's a new season that we're going into. Can you feel that? Can you feel that? It's just like something has changed. You know, there's some seasons that we go into where it feels like you're swimming upstream or it's like some things that feels like you're doing it in your own strength. And then there's other times where it literally it feels like the Lord has gone before you. Um, he's, he's done it. You're just catching up. He's revealing things and you like, it's just things are opening up in front of you. And I really believe that's the kind of season that we're sensing now and that we're going into. Um, over this next while. I mean, I'm, it's become a bit famous now, but that, that video that Gina shared with us, do you remember about three quarters of the way through last year with that river um, on her parents' farm, right? Where the, the rain came. For those of you that didn't, haven't seen it yet, the rain comes and literally dry riverbeds, they're waiting and you hear the sound and it's rumbling and suddenly you see debris that only an act of nature could move. I mean, it would take 10,000 bulldozers and, and, and. Just comes and it's washing with such power down the stream. And that heralded in, it happened, we, she got the video while we were in our, one of our services, and it heralded in a change of season from about three quarters of the way in last year. But what many of you and many people commented is like the debris that that stream brought, right? That debris that was being like, when there's a, a, a change and a, a shift, stuff comes to the surface. And um, it feels like that's, that's what's been happening. You know, I think we realized coming back this year that there's language that we've used that was used in the old season that isn't appropriate anymore. Right? There's mindsets from the old season of a little bit of a fuss bait and hold on and survive and, and keep going, there's mindsets that aren't applicable anymore. Suddenly, they just don't fit. Suddenly, we have to like, oh, no, we need to start speaking differently, babe, about this and that because things have changed, right? So can you feel it? Yeah. I want to say, if you can't feel it, that's okay. That's the beauty of community, right? Not just this community, global body of Christ community, People are heralding in a new change. It's not just me saying, oh, I think it's a new season. 
there's a, a common sense of there is a new season, something has shifted. And so if you can't feel it, it's okay. That's exactly what the body is for. To gather around each other in, in beauty like that. And I want to just say that it has changed. I want to declare that. And um, if you're not feeling it yet, it will come. You will catch up with the tide of what uh, what Lord is doing. So how are you feeling going into this year? I mean, it's the beginning of a brand new year, right? I'm not going to give a New Year's resolutions talk. Um, but how are you feeling? Because I want to say, if you're not full of hope, full of expectancy, full of like wonder of like, oh my word, I wonder what is going to happen this year, then I want to just suggest to you, maybe Jesus sees it a little bit differently, right? Because he has plans for you. He's got dreams, purposes. He thought about you long before you were even born and dreamt up things, good things for you to do. And so I'm trusting as we get together in a tide of faith and what the Lord is going to do this year, that if you're not feeling hopeful, that we would be able to pull down those lies. Because it is a lie. Like I, that the Lord doesn't have good things or plans or it's just going to be downhill from here? I don't think so. He's got good things ahead and up for all of us, corporately and individually. They're wide, wide open vistas. I really believe that. And, you know, when you come into a new season, fruit isn't automatically evident immediately, is it? Right? Like you come into spring, the fruit's not immediately there. It takes time as a new season has come in. So don't judge a season by its fruit. The fruit will come. The fruit will come, but be rested in the fact that the Lord has got good, good things for you this year. You know, seasons are from the Lord. It's not just like, oh, it's a new year, let me come up with a New Year's resolution. It's a natural rhythm. You know, every day starts the morning the sun comes up. There's a new day dawning, right? That brings with it its new energy and new life. His mercies are new every morning. That's what the word says to us, new every morning. There's something natural about rhythms, days, beginning of a new week, resting at the end of the week, years, decades, millennia, right? There's something that the Lord does in seasons. And so when you consider 2020, it's like, wow. He also cares about numbers. He invented numbers. They're significant. They mean things, you know, as well. And so, like, what has he got in store for this year, 2020? You know, at the end of last year, I was preparing for our men's meeting that we have once a month at our house. And just in prepping before that, I was chatting with Kirsty and uh, just realizing, like, oh, my word, yes. I was so stuck in 2019, I hadn't turned my face to 2020. I'm like, there's another whole like it's a brand new decade is starting. It was almost like I'd been blind to that in the, the holding on and contending for things within the 2019 section. And it just completely transformed my thinking. It was like, oh, it was like the lights came on, right? And um, there's something the Lord's doing but the start of a new decade. You know, a lot of people have been talking about 2020. It's like obviously significant numbers, 2020. Maddie said that's only double... Uh, 20 thing that you'll experience, right? Unless you were like 1919, some of those people maybe are just experiencing a second time, a double rollover of two digits, you know, but um, there's something special about numbers, and so people have been talking about 2020 vision, right? 
So what is 2020 vision? My understanding of it is it's not necessarily perfect vision, right? It's, it's, it's perfect vision from what a normal person can see at 20 feet. Okay, so it's 20 foot, so I don't know if that's where Peter is or Phil and Bron or, um, yeah, Elaine, but that's what the normal person can see with clarity and sharpness perfectly, not necessarily up close, right? You can have 20-20 vision but need reading glasses from what, I've, from what I've looked at. But the Lord spoke to me in that. There's something about that overall big perspective blueprint vision, right? It's standing back and it's like 2020. This is perfect vision from afar. I can see things and what's coming up. And I believe the Lord wants to give us clear clarity and sharpness in how we stand back and how we look at what he's going to be um, building over this next decade. And I think he's going to give us blueprints. We honestly feel a sense of he's going to give us blueprints now in this year to build for the next decade. That, that far off vision of being able to see, oh, that's what you're doing. And so that's what I'm really trusting and praying for us individually, corporately, that we would have a sense of what are the blueprints for the next decade and what we're going to start to build. And so how do you step into that? And I, I just, I love the a scripture from Ephesians uh, 1, and I think we might spend quite a bit of time in Ephesians um, over the next while. We're sensing quite a lot of wonderful things coming out of there. But Ephesians 1 verse 7 to 8, our starting point, since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by His blood, the total cancellation of our sins, all because of the cascading riches of His grace. And I am, I've got 20-20 vision from far, but not <laughs> from close. Um, and this is what that foundation does, that grace. This superabundant grace is already powerfully working within us. Releasing within us all sorts, all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. Don't you love that? Um, that's the Passion Translation. All forms of wisdom and practical understanding. It's not a spiritual kingdom. It's a very practical kingdom of people on people, work, life, planet, um, interaction. There's businesses, there's things to be done, there's work to be done that the, the Lord has commissioned. And He's going to release all forms of practical understanding. And so I think you can have a real expectation that the Lord will, in asking Him for blueprints for your life, for your family, for your community, what does He want to do? He will give you practical understanding and wisdom in how He sees that. And once again, I feel it's one of those seasons that we're playing catch-up. He's got the plan and it's not about like, hey, what am I going to do now? No, it feels like he's got the plan. We're playing catch-up in, in this new season. So I want to talk into four areas um, today, four foundational areas. Now, there's many foundational areas I think we could chat into, right? But I wanted to just highlight four that I feel we need to use as a foundation that we're going to build on as we look at the next decade and we consider what blueprints and what plans that he wants to um, establish and show us for the next while. And so four areas. One, obviously, being Jesus, our chief cornerstone to build on him. Uh, another one, being known, that you are known by him, by each other, right? And knowing him. 
the third one being that we're going to build on the foundation the sum of all our past experiences. And then the fourth, um, unity. Exactly what Sean came and prayed into, the body, right? Each other, the body. So I want to speak into those as the foundations that we're going to build on to see what the Father's going to do into the next 10 years. So obviously Jesus is our, um, our cornerstone. I read it in Ephesians 1 verse 7 there. Since we are now joined to Christ, we joined with him. We have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood, the total cancellation of our sins, all because of his cascading riches and grace. Total cancellation of our sins. Guys, that's our starting point, is this absolutely free. We're on the other side of the cross. Nothing can hold you back. Nothing to pull you back in terms of what you're going to build into the next year. You're free. You Sin has been cancelled for you. You know, we had the amazing privilege of being, um, while we were down in Zinquazi on the north coast, of leading the housekeeper and his wife to the Lord. Um, and so I think Vida and someone prayed with his wife the, the first day, and then he wanted to, the, the housekeeper, he wanted to, to, to get saved. And so Helmut and I were sitting with him and explaining the gospel. And just that beauty of that moment when you say, you know, all of those things that hold you back, that sin, people get sin, right? All of those things that we could never free ourselves from. Jesus comes, and just as I said to him, he says, you're not guilty. That's what he declares of you, not guilty. And you're just like, eyes, like not guilty. You get that concept. All of those things that held you back, not guilty. That means you walk free, right? You open up the, door, the cell doors and you walk. Now you're free. That is our starting point. That is our foundation. Um, earlier on in Ephesians 1, uh, verse 3 to, to 4, our starting point, right? Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus. Why? All because He sees us wrapped into Christ. And that's why we celebrate Him with all of our hearts. That is our foundation. And then obviously the, the best one, Ephesians 2, uh, verse 20, talking about the foundation that we're building on. It says, you are rising up like the perfectly fitted stones of the temple, and your lives are being built up together upon the ideal foundation laid by the apostles and prophets. That's people, right? I'm going to come back to people later. The ideal foundation that we're building on is upon the, foundation, the ideal foundation by the apostles and prophets. We need each other. And best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of the building. The anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. Right, so we have got this absolutely beautiful starting point of being free. Every spiritual blessing in heaven already lavished upon you. And that's the foundation. Not, we're not building foundations anymore. The foundation is laid. It's now time to build and be free of all that stuff and actually just trust Jesus for what he really has done for us and start to celebrate that. You know, the second thing I wanted to talk about of a foundation was the word known. Um, before, and I know many of you do it here, before the year comes up, we, um, as a family and individually, we pray for a word for the year, right? And so my word for this year was known. Um, Kirsty's is delight. 
and just being known. And it started because I, I like from the beginning of the holiday, like sort of day one, I started reading Psalm 139. And the title of that in the message is, You Know All About Me. And I literally, I couldn't get, I, most, I don't think I've read much other than that psalm. You know, every day I would just read, I couldn't stop just meditating on this psalm that you know all about me. And, um, you know, why is that important? That you are known. It like really takes you back to man's original purpose in the Garden of Eden. Right? You were man, Adam born, first thing he sees the father face to face. He's known. The father designed him. The father then walked with him in the garden every day. No, he knew his design for Adam and Adam got to know the father. And out of that place, walking in the garden, being known, learning to know the father, Adam went about his work, right? In the garden. Work's a beautiful thing. It's from the Lord. And we're coming back to that place. And we can only build and work and do what we need to do when we are fully, fully and well known. And so, why is that key as a foundation to build on? Because the architect knows, right? You can ask the architect. I mean, we built a house a couple of years ago, and from memory now, I could probably tell you the dimensions of the various rooms, because I pegged them out with the builder, you know, literally measured out exactly, and I knew the measurements outside of brick, inside of brick, to get so that we got it right. You know, I know where the pipes are, I know where the sewer lines are, I know where all of those things are, and I've got a fading memory, right? The Father doesn't. He knows His plan that He has. Good, good plans for us. So I wanted to read some, a few, uh, I'm not reading the whole thing, of Psalm 139, but I wanted to read some of that, what the Father, how He sees you and how He thinks about you, and this thing of being known, and you'll see why it's so important. It says, Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every movement of my heart and soul. And you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. I was reading that to Jude this morning. He's like, oh, you knew what I was just about to say, you know. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book. And you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey begins. And how beautiful is this? You've gone into my future to prepare the way. And in kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the pain of my past. Right? Past experiences that we're going to build on. He follows behind us. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. You formed my innermost being shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside. You wove them all together in my mother's womb. This mother's womb. (laughs) How thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place. You know what comfort that gave me? On our first day of holiday, Jude fell and broke both of, of his right arm the radius and the ulna, and like completely broken. It was terrible. Like sitting in the hospital for two nights, sleeping next to him, the son going through all this trauma, and then you realize, oh, Father, but you formed 
every bone in his body. You know every bone in his body. And so, Lord, we're trusting that, you know, how well that's going to be healed. He knows us through and through, the inside, the outside, right? You saw who you created me to be before I became me. That's why you can go and ask him, right? Because he knew, he knew what I was going to be like. He knows the desires of my heart, the things that make me come alive, that stimulate me, that just are going to be good for me. And that's why we can rest in that space. If you're anxious about anything in life at the moment, what's going to come for this year, finance, work, relationships, my kids, my parents, my, whatever it is, you can actually fall back and rest. He knows. He knows. It's not up to you to wind it up, fix it, sort it out, pull it all together, whatever it is that's causing your anxiety at the moment. He knows. That's why it's a, it's, a, it's a scripture that I'm like, oh, yeah, he knows. Okay, great, he knows. No, no. Oh, no, but you know. But like, what about this? Oh, you know about that as well. Oh, I want to start a new business this year. Like what? Oh, he knows. He's got a great idea, you know, how to fix this business. He knows. What to preach on Sunday. I don't have to wind something up. He knows, right? It's beautiful. And so ask him. I love the way this uh, Psalm 139 finishes. He says here, See if there's any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. Because just a bit before that, he talks about how he cherishes us with every single thought. His thoughts are more numerous than the sand on the seashore, you know. That's the good father. And the, the call is to come back. Lead me. Search me. Let us ask him. Lead me back to the path that leads me back to you um, and your glory. You know, the sum of um, our past experiences, that's something that uh, became clear to me over the last while. You know, the good, the bad, the victories, the failures, all of them, right? The Father uses all of those past experiences and he redeems them. He either uh, celebrates and condones or he redeems, right? And he uses all of our past experiences. He doesn't bring them all across our path, but he redeems them all, right? And um, after our sort of really bad start to the holiday and being in and out of hospital that was nowhere near where we were staying and an end, uh, we didn't have the, the sort of the, we didn't plan out our time well our planning time well, right? So we got back from um, the coast because we went down there afterwards and I think we got back at probably like a 90% recharge and my mom said, you guys need some time out, you and Kirsty. I'll move into your house, I'll look after the kids, you guys go and plan. And like, we, oh, can we leave Judy still in pain? Anyway, we did it and just, it was such an amazing time, just planning for the year, things just coming into focus, clarity, you know, getting to that recharge, talking and planning the whole year through, oh, things make sense, right? And one of the things that became clear to me was this, you know, like, oh, you know, there was this, I mean, even the holiday beginning, like, oh, we were robbed, Jude's broken arm, it was a disaster at the Kruger Park, you know, driving to Nelspreden and back, it's, 
Like that's a write-off time. No, you know? no, it wasn't a write-off time. The Father redeems those moments. He somehow turns it for good and he puts that as a foundation that we get to stand on. That's one of the things that instead of being like, oh, half our holiday was robbed. No, no, the Lord turns it around and he's strengthened us with it. And, you know, Jude comes out. You know what? He comes back this beginning of this year. What's his word for the season? He said, I'm going to go and pray to the Lord and I'm going to come back. And he comes back and it was strength. You know, he's like, the Lord redeems all of these things, right? And so, um, last, at the end of last year, I was talking about T.D. Jakes. I don't know if you remember that, that book, Crushing. So I thought, let me, I, you know, I talked about it. I only saw a video clip. I better go read it. Um, so I started listening to the audio book while we were traveling. And, you know, he's talking about past experiences that the Lord redeems and uses to make you who you are in a way that you wouldn't have been able to. He didn't bring the difficulty across your path, but he uses it and he kind of hits the devil for a six. What was meant for destruction, he turns ashes to beauty, right? Yeah. Um, and he starts off by telling the story. I mean, yo, I think we had to stop and pause and like look at each other of his, his story, of his 13-year-old daughter that comes and has to sit him down and his wife um, and tell her that she's pregnant. 13. Can you imagine as a dad and a mom, your 13-year-old daughter falling pregnant? Now, you can imagine the lies that went through the, that. And he talks about some of those things. Like, I'm done. I'm like, who, I can't preach. I can't lead a ministry. I can't even look after my own family. All the reality of the stuff that you wrestle through. 13-year-old daughter having a baby, you know. But he then talks about it. And he says, you know what? But now... I don't know if it's like 20 years later. I don't know what the timing is exactly, you know. His grandson and his wife, they're leading the most incredible ministry, right? She's a mentor to tens and tens of women. She leads a ministry of her own. The Lord has redeemed what was a really difficult thing um, as a 13-year-old girl. Can you imagine going through that? Somehow he takes that. And, he, and look, what, look what he's like today, right? Past failures are not disqualifications. Right? Past failures are not disqualifications. They're invitations to the grace of this wonderful gospel that Jesus has given us. He redeems, he redeems, friends, all things. Um, and so you might be at the moment, you might be feeling strong. You might be ready for the year. You might be feeling weak. You might be trying to make sense of some things. But I just want to say to you today, he uses all of these things. Well, not that. I want to say it's not the end. Yeah. Right? Somehow in the moment, you land in the moment of the chaos, like T.D. Jakes, in that moment, it's done. It's the end. You're right? Like, everything's changed. It's not going to be the same again. And we buy into the lie that that's the end. It's not the end. The Lord didn't have all of these plans for you from before you were born, who knew you were and what you were meant to, to do and the plans and dreams for you to get your point. It's like, oh yeah, sorry, that's the end. I didn't have a plan past that, right? No, no, he redeems these things and he uses them to make beauty out of ashes. It's not the end. So all of the things, your past failures, the things that you regret from last year, the 
You know, past church hurts, past things that you thought were a waste. No, no, they're not a waste. The Lord has used them and fitting them together as we're being built up as these perfect stones. We are different because of um, past experiences that we thought in the moment, well, oh, this is terrible. This is the end of, no, no, we're stronger today and we use and we build off of those. Fourthly, the foundation to build on each other. Sean spoke about it earlier. Do you know how important it is that we have each other's backs? That we love each other and that we are in unity. I love what Ephesians uh, 2 verse 4 to 6 says. With tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love toward one another. The word generous there in the Aramaic means stretching. It's almost like this stretching love. We need to stretch the ten pegs of our love out and express generous love towards one another. You know how it goes on straight after that? Especially towards those who may try your patience. <laughs> right? Not the ones you, everyone that's just like nice and they're so nice to you and, you know, especially to the ones that try your patience. This speaks, it's not like, oh, well, I don't like them, but I'm okay with these. No. To everyone, especially those that are a little bit scratchy to you. Demonstrate stretching uh, generous love to them. Be faithful to God, the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace, being one body and one spirit. You were all called to the same glorious hope of divine destiny. All of us. For the Lord God is one, and so are we. For we share in one faith, one baptism, and one Father. And He is the perfect Father who leads us all, works through us all, and lives in us all. Friends, we are one. This is not about us as this little church here. You know, and the church that you came from that, was, that you don't like anymore. They, no, no, you're one with them too, right? You're one with the church in China, with the church in the U.S., in Europe. We are one body. There's one Father, one faith, one body. There is no legitimate reason in your heart to hate, or hold hatred or something against somebody else in the body. There's no legitimate. And friends, we own that. We have, um, we have experienced restoration of relationships. And I wanted to, that was Ephesians 4 verse 2. Go to Philippians 4 verse 2. Um, Paul's right, having right, written both of those. And I plead with Judea and Syntek to settle their disagreement, if that's how you pronounce it. Uh, to settle their disagreement and be restored with one mind in our Lord. People have problems with each other. I would like my dear friend and burden bearer to help resolve this issue. For both women have diligently labored with me for the prize and helped me in spreading the revelation of the gospel. Along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, all their names are written in the book of life. All of our names are written in the book of life. And what's interesting about those two names and why they're mentioned here, apparently they, um, the, the first one, Yudia, means a fair journey. And Syntec means an accident, right? So something along the lines, what they allude to in the, 
the notes at the bottom is that along our walk as believers, on our fair journey, we collide with other believers, right? There's an accident. We collide with other believers. But the Lord's grace is big enough to redeem it all, right? It's so important for us to, to, to find unity and harmony. And Jesus knows. He has a plan, right? He is building. He knows what he's building for the next 10 years. Um, and so what is Jesus doing? I'll go back to Ephesians 4 quickly. Um, he's restoring, he's begun the restoration of all things, right? In verse uh, 4, verse 20, uh, 10. Jesus has come from heaven to the lowest parts of earth. He's raised up again, taken men as gifts to heaven and given grace gifts to, uh, to men on, uh, on earth here. It says, the, lowest, uh, the same one who descended is also the one who ascended above the heights of heaven. What? In order to begin the restoration and fulfillment of all things. Okay? And so he's beginning this restoration fulfillment. The very next verse, what is he talking to? Us. What's his plan? It's each other. And he, and he has appointed some with grace to be apostles, some with grace to be uh, prophets, some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and with some grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the body of believers to do their own works of ministry. There's grace gifts that have been given to every body in the, in the, um, in the body, every body in the body, right? And their calling, sorry, um, their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ as we do our own works of ministry. These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness into the faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one into a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ. Without each one of us demonstrating in unity the grace gift that we have been given each, don't reduce this to the church because it started with you know, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. It's not about that. We've all been given a grace gift. Unless those work together, unless you do your grace gift, we cannot achieve full maturity. Isn't that amazing, right? He's designed it as he's restoring all of these things in the universe and pulling it all together. He puts us on earth face to face, colliding, fixing, experiencing, developing, asking him, and living out the grace gifts that we've been given. It says, and then our immaturity will end. Right? Only when you start doing what you're called to do and I start doing what I'm called to do will our immaturity end. Isn't that amazing? So I, I really want to challenge us in that. Stretching the tent pegs of our love for each other. Not just for each other because, oh, this is so nice. Yo, yellas moi, you know, <laughs> right? No, no, to everybody. To everybody that is in the body. And those that aren't yet, you're just heaping even bigger love 
on them to tell them how good this news is that they get to come into, right? And so stretch yourself. Stretch. You need to actually challenge yourself to stretch your love out for each other. This thing of like, yo, the Lord will just teach me. I've been challenged in that. I'm like, yo, as I'm reading this again, I'm like, to Kirsty, I'm like, I need to much more expose myself to what the apostles and prophets and that are saying. It's not about like just, oh, you know what, I don't want any clutter from out there. I just want to hear what the Lord's saying to me so that I can bring and just hear myself so that I can, you know, whatever, bring you a word. It sounds so spiritual, doesn't it? You know, oh, just me and the Lord, you know. I don't have to go to church. I don't, it's because, I, you know, he's, the Holy Spirit teaches you, you know. You won't be taught by men. You'll be taught by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's something in that. That's true. But he's designed a body to work together. I need to go to Bill Johnson as an apostle and hear what the Lord is saying to him because there's things I just don't see. There might be some things that I see at 2020, but there's something here that I just don't see. I'm not wired that way. It's not my grace gift. Friends, we need each other. And that's a good foundation. And I want to end on that because how we build together, it's not like, oh, if we get together or not, it's fine. It doesn't really matter because it's, you know, the Holy Spirit teaches me. No, it's so important. What the Lord wants to do through you individually and through me to you and vice versa can only happen when we get together, you know. And so just to guard that, I'm not even talking about a Sunday. This is our highlight moment. It's a moment, right, where we encourage each other. I'm talking about the whole week, the interaction, the, the growing together, the, you know, the, how, what is, does your life, what does it look like during the week? And to just to stretch yourself, to look at it from a place of, of unity. And so I want to, yeah, I want to finish on, on that. And just on the fact that the Father has got good plans for you. We talked about the going into this next decade. What are these blueprints? I would love for us to pray with you this morning. If you are like, sure, this 2020 doesn't feel any different to before. And I am struggling to find any level of a view of an open vista that's coming up. Because that's not cool. <laughs> it's not good. The Father doesn't want that from you. He never wants us to be in a place of hopelessness. Nothing's going to change. Same old, same old. It's not the kingdom. The kingdom is a glory to glory kingdom. With bumps, sure. But in those bumps, we, will, we pull together as a body. And it goes on to say in Ephesians there that you, hardship, um, deception in terms of other teaching, when you have hardship, difficulties, you will not be shaken, it says, right? Because of the body that gathers around you and has prepared you to deal with and gathers, prepared you to deal with hardships. Can we stand? And I just felt like even as Anton Rose sang that, that um, um, their, their last song, A New Day Dawning, the sun comes up, there's a new day dawning. There's something of an of a excitement and a, um, a life that a new day brings. And if you don't have that for this year, let's not be fake and walk out and carry on another week like that. Let's ask the Father and just gather around each other. So can we maybe do
Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website, thecollectivechurch.co.za.